Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Welcome to Far-Fetched Fables, part of the District of Wonders Network, featuring Starship Sofa, Tales to Terrify, Crime City Central, and Protecting Project Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, this is Far-Fetched Fables. Welcome to show number 129. This week, we're going to celebrate Halloween with a horror story of sorts. But first, we have a flash fiction story by Natalia Theodoridou, titled Anatomy of an Arrow. Natalia is a media and cultural studies scholar, a dramaturge, and a writer of strange stories. Her fiction has appeared in Clark's World, Crossed Genres, Interfictions, and elsewhere. Find out more via her blog and on Twitter via the links in our show notes. Her story is read by Jen R. Albert, an entomologist, writer, Editor, narrator, wife, dog mom, game player, reader of all the things, and haver of too many of the hobbies, from Toronto. She is a regular narrator for the Escape Artists podcasts and co-editor of Podcastle. And now, Anatomy of an Arrow by Natalia Theodoridou. So, uh, I've been meaning to ask, what's that? He pointed at the fletching that poked out of a hole in her blouse, a few inches from her chest, and almost dipped in her bowl every time she bent to take a spoonful of soup. She shrugged and looked away. An arrow. An arrow. He mouthed the words slowly, as if trying to wrap his mind around each syllable. Still avoiding his eyes, she gently touched the end of the arrow that ran through her. She cleared her throat. An arrow is composed of the knock, she said, tapping lightly at it. The fletching, the shaft, and finally, she turned around to show him her back. The point, or arrowhead. She took a drink from her wine glass. Cheers. I see, he said. He brought the pint of his beer to his lips and talked over it before taking a sip. 
and you just walk around skewered by an arrow like that. Yeah, just like that. Were you born this way? She turned and looked at him sharply. Who's born with an arrow through their chest? The couple sitting at the table next to theirs gave her a look. She lowered her voice. I mean, just picture it. How? She sipped some more wine. No, of course I wasn't born this way. Someone shot me. I'm sorry, he said. He picked up his fork and tossed his salad around a couple of times. Does it hurt? He asked after a while. Yes. Have you tried taking it out? He was looking at her with his big puppy eyes, his eager chin, his good intentions. Just like all the rest of them. Listen, she said. She took her glass and downed her wine. I know how this goes, so let me save you the trouble. You're falling in love with me as we speak. We'll have some fun tonight, maybe fool around in my car a little bit. Then go home with a kiss and an I'll call you. Tomorrow you will, in fact, call me and tell me you've never met anyone like me before and would I like to hang out some more. We'll go to the movies, we'll fuck, make sweet love, make plans for the future. And at some point around that time, you'll take it upon yourself to fix me. It will become your sole purpose in life to take this arrow out of my heart, to do what everyone else has failed to do, and you'll fail too. You will. Because I may not have been born this way, but this is who I am now. And no amount of love or care or heroics can change it. I'm not even sure I want to change. So give up now. We'll finish our meal. You'll take care of the bill. We might even fool around in my car afterwards. And that will be that. Sounds good? Are you done? He asked. A small, sweet smile on his lips. Yeah, I'm done. She snapped. He threw back his head and laughed. Uneasy laughter. It sounded to her like pebbles rolling downhill. Her cheeks flushed. What are you laughing at? He stood and took off his jacket. He turned around to show her his back and looked at her over his shoulder. There was a knife poking out of his right shoulder blade, a trickle of blood staining his shirt. He quickly put his jacket back on and sat down to face her again, grinning. His eyes shone. I've got one, too, he whispered, and something inside her twitched. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Love hurts, as the saying goes, though as we see here, it usually isn't fatal. Our feature story this week is the frightening, funny and frightfully funny Into the Woods with Zombunny by Camille Griep. Camille's work has been featured at Cartridge Lit, The Drabblecast, Under the Gumtree and Synesthesia, amongst others. She is the editor of Easy Street, a senior editor at the Lascaux Review and an editor for the Prison Renaissance Project, which fosters mentorship and collaboration between incarcerated and free artists. The author of Letters to Zell and New Charity Blues, she lives and writes near Seattle with her bulldog assistants, Dutch and Hippo. She can be found online via the link in our show notes. Into the Woods with Zombunny by Camille Greep Squire Ulrich's very worst day began with cold tea at breakfast, followed by the discovery of a hole in his right grieve and culminating with a lost battle flag. Good luck with your next job, his knight had said. Ulrich might have misplaced any number of items of little consequence, The battle flag was not one of them. Ulrich's shoulders slumped as his former employer disappeared over the rise. He'd never been sacked before. In the middle of battle, no less. The squire turned his back to a pile of pendants, none of which belonged to him, when misfortune beset him a final time. A sharp pain between his shoulder blades revealed itself to be a sturdy wooden arrow impaling his chest. He stared at the wound, expecting to feel fear or perhaps rage. Instead, Ulrich felt an aching sorrow for missed opportunities and wasted potential. Never again would he relish the tankard of ale waiting for him at the end of the evening with a slab of mutton alongside. An empty stool would sit where his friends would sniff back hot tears for his absence, lamenting the unsung songs of brave deeds undone. Most of all, he regretted the time he would not spend with Magda, the innkeeper's niece. He'd miss her red curls and rose-tinged cheeks. He'd miss the way she'd laugh at his not-very-funny jokes. He'd never ask Magda to marry him. Ulrich sank to his knees, reaching for Magda's imaginary face. But the reverie was interrupted as a bedraggled rabbit hopped into the clearing. "'Troubles, friend?' asked the rabbit. "'Indeed,' answered Ulrich. "'I 
seem to be dying, and it must be close to the end, for there are talking animals about. Don't worry, said the rabbit. None of them will pay much attention to a goner like you. Ulrich squinted at the rabbit. It was mostly gray with patches of fur missing. Instead of a fluffy tail, a stumpy nub jutted into the air, and its front teeth were tilted leeward. I could say the same for you, sir. Rabbit, what's the matter with you? Me? The rabbit was incredulous. I could do a lot worse, you know. I was at death's own door, I was. And then a miracle happened. It did? Aye. I met a witch. Well, that doesn't seem terribly miraculous. It's complicated, muttered the rabbit. He began to hop away. Just don't say I never offered you a chance to carry on. What? Wait! cried Ulrich. The rabbit paused and raised his hind foot to scratch behind a bald, drooping ear. And to think, they said you were an imbecile. Who said? I'm willing to share my magical gift with you, but there are a few things you might want to know first. I... I hope it won't take too long, said Ulrich with a yawn. Ulrich's hands were turning an ashen color, and he was uncomfortably stiff. Right. Magic now, information later. Nothing bad can come of that now, can it? Ulrich cocked his head to the side in an attempt to reduce the number of rabbits in front of him to single digits. The rabbit hopped closer. Give me your paw. Ulrich wrenched one of his hands from around the arrow and held it out. What are you going to do? Close your eyes. This might hurt. Squire Ulrich had been bitten by a great many things in his short life, foxes, dogs, and guinea hens, but nothing had prepared him for the searing agony he felt when the rabbit bit into the soft space between his index finger and thumb. Despite stalwart intentions, he began to bawl. The rabbit pressed his paws to his ears. Stop that now, he said. Consider yourself lucky you haven't run up against my cousin in Kyr Banog. Ulrich's heart slammed against his ribs as the pain gave way to adrenaline. He staggered to his feet and patted himself up and down. He was alive. Better than alive. Should we go over the information now? The rabbit twitched his whiskers. I'm starving, said Ulrich. Let's talk at the inn. Might I suggest you remove that arrow first? Oh, dear, I forgot. I'll go get help. Nonsense. You're undead now. Just give it a good pull. Ulrich tested the arrow with a finger. He winced in preparation, expecting excruciating pain. But instead, the other end of the arrow emerged with a satisfying schlock. He rummaged through a nearby caravan for a cleaner shirt. So, I'm a zombie now? I prefer zombunny. But at this point, it is, of course, semantics. Perched atop his favorite stool at the inn, Ulrich waited to order until Magda had finished her afternoon tidying. You're early today, Squire Ulrich. Magda broke off with a yelp, her face blanching so her freckles stood out like stars in the night sky. What's the matter, my sweet? Ulrich asked. He's just a wee bunny rabbit. 
You, you look awful, she whispered. Nothing a tankard and a salad won't cure, he said. Salad? she asked. In all my days. Ulrich glanced at the Zombunny. And an order of carrots for my friend here? Magda frowned at the rabbit, then touched a warm palm to Ulrich's forehead. Are you sure you're all right? You're so pale. I made the mutton myself fresh this morning. Maybe a bit later, Mag, he said. Magda took two steps backward and kept her distance, sliding Ulrich's first, second, and third salads down the slick counter. Why am I so hungry? asked Ulrich. Oh, so now you'd like to hear the information I've been trying to give you. Yes, please, said Ulrich. If it suits you, of course. The rabbit leaned back on his haunches and set his front paws on his stomach. There are pros and cons to being a zombunny. For example, very little can cause you harm. You'll have to watch your head, but really, you're no worse off than before. I'll be the bravest, best-paid squire around. Then I can finally ask Magda to marry me. Slow down, lover boy. There are a few more things you should know. The rabbit paused to polish off a carrot top. You'll have to do something about your appearance. I'm sorry, but you're the sort of sight that causes sore eyes. What can I do? Keep your shirt on, for one. Lots of baths. Orange and red vegetables will do wonders for your pallor. I should be able to handle that, said Ulrich. He disliked baths, but they were a small price to pay for a second chance at being with Magda. Speaking of vegetables, you'll not crave anything else to eat. I realize squiring is your chosen vocation, but have you ever considered farming instead? Farming? Yes, farming. The growing of sustenance in the ground. We'll go through a great deal of produce together. Together? Your hearing should have gotten better, not worse, said the Zombunny, shaking his head. And that's the last thing you should know. I'll be staying with you. Why don't you have your own house? I ate everything around my warren, and now I need help. Do you think I simply hopped up and saved you for charity's sake? I suppose. I mean, I guess I did. Yes. That's the way the world has worked for you in the past. Something for nothing. Well, no, not when you put it that way. I know the perfect place. You can farm, and I'll keep an eye out for the witch. The witch who saved you? The thing is, to be entirely truthful, I'm not sure she meant to save me. I think she meant to change me into something else. What? She was always singing. Said she wanted a protege. I think she was hoping to change me into a human child. What a silly thing to want, said Ulrich, draining his tankard. The Zombunny lifted his nose toward Magda. Does she want one? The grey skin around Ulrich's ears turned purple. I suppose. How should I know? I mean, I never asked. With Magda avoiding him like the plague, Ulrich gave up hope of a goodnight kiss and followed the Zombunny out into the early evening. At the end of the long lane on the east edge of town, the rabbit came to a halt. Two small yet picturesque farmsteads sat side by side. 
One had a sign hung on the front gate that read, To Let, Inquire Next Door. Halfway up the path to the adjacent domicile, they met a potato-shaped grandmother with a gnarled cane. "'Come to see me about the farm,' she asked. "'How much?' "'I'll rent it to you for five tiddles a week, if you'll tend the land. "'There's crops already growing, see. "'Take care of them and eat all you want.' "'It's almost too good to be,' said the Zombunny. "'We'll take it,' interrupted Ulrich. "'She leaned in close, her breath sour. "'Our agreement has just one rule. "'Under no circumstances will you cross that fence.' She pointed to a crude wooden divider separating the large field. It was rather romantically lit by the sunset, and the three of them stared at it until the golden light melted away. "'Got it,' said the rabbit. "'Don't cross the fence.' Ulrich dropped his voice to a whisper. "'And uh, don't you worry, Mum. This here is my... uh... guard rabbit. He'll be on the lookout for any crafty witches looking to prey on women and children, and grandmums. "'And rabbits,' added the Zombunny. "'She blinked at them twice. "'Good to know.' "'Here's six months' rent,' said Ulrich, "'depositing a small bag into her palm. "'See you then.' "'Ulrich successfully wooed Magda "'after many baths and a regimen of colorful vegetables. "'He was giddy for the duration of the simple yet jovial affair, "'beaming at Magda in her mint-colored gown.' They danced away the evening in the inn's courtyard, pausing for legs of mutton for Magda and salad for Ulrich, and many fine tankards of ale and countless bottles of wine. The Zombunny, his gift of speech having garnered instantaneous local fame, beat every last man at Nodian tables. He hopped home not long after, hiccuping quietly. The groom escorted his bride to the honeymoon suite, which doubled as a meat cellar in the off-season. Magda's friends had scattered flowers and other nice-smelling things throughout the room, but the resulting odor was somewhat confusing. Magda looked around in the candlelight, wrinkling her nose. For Ulrich, however, the room was perfect, dark and outfitted with a large bed. He unlaced her bodice and corset as carefully as his numb fingers would allow. By the time he reached her chemise, he sat down on the bed, defeated. "'Goodness sakes, Mag!' How many more layers are there? Last one, I promise, she said, planting a kiss on the top of his head. Not very many months after the wedding, Magda announced she was pregnant. What? Ulrich sputtered his tea and began to cough. Well, it isn't as if I meant to be, she replied. But there you are. You can't really be surprised said the Zombunny, sitting across from them at the breakfast table. The two of you are like rabbits. This calls for a celebration, my love, Ulrich said, pulling Magda into a chilly kiss. She waved him off with a dish towel. We'll have a fine young son to help me in the field. Not so. He'll be too busy helping me scout for witches, said the Zombunny. Nonsense, said Magda. She'll be busy helping me at the inn. "'The inn?' asked Ulrich. "'You don't want to quit working?' "'Of course not.' "'But what will the neighbours say?' mused Ulrich. "'We only have one neighbour, and she keeps to herself,' said Magda. "'Besides, 
you know full well I don't give a rat's arse about what anyone has to say about it. I still think I could make a fine witch-hunter out of her. The Zombunny twitched his whiskers. Out with the both of you, she said. At first, Magda's pregnancy progressed without drama. But around the seventh moon, she began to be sick from the meat she made for herself at evening meals. She began to make large pans of roasted vegetables, carrot stew, and mashed cauliflower. She sautéed broccoli and onions and fried the leaves of small cabbages in butter. The little field, which had barely supported Ulrich and the Zompany, became scraggly. Ulrich no longer took vegetables to the market to sell, instead hauling overstuffed bushels back to the house. When he arrived with his daily haul one morning, Magda refused to kiss him hello. "'What's the matter, my sweet?' Magda huffed at him. "'You tell me, vegetable man. This is all your fault.' And Ulrich couldn't disagree. "'What do you think is happening?' he asked the Zombunny, once they were alone. "'I think the child has inherited your insatiable craving for vegetables.' "'My child is half Zombunny?' "'It's a theory.' "'What are we going to do?' "'We?' "'You got me into this mess,' said Ulrich. Another week passed in tenuous civility. Each night he and Magda would watch the sun set from the little window in the attic and dream of their future. "'I'll run the whole farmer's market,' said Ulrich. "'I'll cook for the king,' said Magda. "'Yes, my love, you will.' She put her hand to her stomach. "'I'm just so hungry, Ulrich.' I eat and I eat, but I can't seem to get full. How about a nice leg of mutton? I scarcely believe I'm saying this, she said. But yuck! He nodded gravely. He looked at her looking out into the empty field. And then he watched as her gaze strayed up and over the fence where the old grandmother's field was verdant and full of leaves. There. Where? That. What? The lettuce! The Rapunzel just beyond the fence! We can't, love. I promised, remember? But surely she won't miss a tiny pinch of lettuce? I don't know. You love me, don't you? Of course I do. Then do me this one favor, Ulrich, just this once. Under the cover of darkness, Ulrich crept into the field. What can she do to me? he asked the Zombunny. I'm immortal. "'You aren't immortal, you twit,' said the rabbit. "'You're undead. Big difference. Huge difference.' "'But you said—' "'I said you had very little to worry about, "'which is different than having nothing to worry about,' the Zombunny explained. "'They tiptoed, avoiding snapping of cornstalks and rustling of leaves. "'Ulrich reached across the fence, bracing himself for a whack of the cane, or worse. "'But it didn't come.' He and the Zombunny gently backed their way through the field and into the kitchen, where Magda devoured the Rapunzel without even rinsing it. She didn't offer Ulrich or the Zombunny a single leaf. Ulrich slept well that evening, his capering complete and undetected. When he awoke, Magda was lying next to him, pale and moaning. Ulrich, I must have more Rapunzel. But obviously it's made you ill. Nonsense! I've never felt better than I did last night. But if I don't have more, I'll die. It's only lettuce, my love. Exactly. 
Now hurry. Stealing lettuce in broad daylight was undeniably risky, so we sent the Zombunny to be a lookout. He gathered several handfuls of the Rapunzel, placing it in a small basket and stood up to stretch his back. Enjoying my lettuce, are you? The grandmother's voice came from every direction. The Zombunny caromed around the corner. Which? Don't worry, Grandmum, said Ulrich. I'll protect you. No, panted the Zombunny. She's the witch. The rabbit pulled his ears over his eyes. Ulrich began to stammer. I thought she'd flown off to a far-off realm. Don't be stupid. Witches never go very far. Haven't you read any books? The Zombunny began to hop in a frenzied circle. The grandmother discarded her shawl, morphing into a tall, wart-nosed cliché. She turned to Ulrich. I told you to stay on your side of the fence. Yes, ma'am, you did. You did say that. Did you not agree? Promise, even. We agreed. We promised. Ulrich shivered, feeling even colder than usual. It was a matter of life and death. Death, eh? She looked at the Zombunny, still turning in circles. Knock it off, she said, paralyzing him with a spritz of green sparks. My wife said she'd die if she didn't have the Rapunzel. A bit melodramatic, don't you think? Besides, why not let her turn her into your kind? It's no life for a girl, said the Zombunny, still frozen mid-hop. Pish, said the witch. Enough of your faux misogynist nonsense. What's the real reason? Don't tell her anything, said the Zombunny, as a blue sleeping mist settled over him. She's pregnant, your witchiness. I'm afraid of what the bite might do to the child. Ah, I see. But your child is already part Zombunny. I guess so. It would explain why Magda is eating all of our vegetables. His stomach growled in agreement. I'll make you a deal, then, said the witch. You can have all the Rapunzel you want, but you'll turn over the child once she's weaned. She? Just a guess. I can't give you my child. That's ridiculous. Well, if you don't, then mother and child will both die for want of this precious lettuce. That's no choice at all, Ulrich protested. What do you know about raising a zombunny anyway? The witch asked. I'll protect her from the outside world while I make her human again. You can do that? I certainly can. Now, such a spell wouldn't do you or the rabbit any good, would it? The two of you would just keel over and die all over again. But an uninjured baby... But she, or he, whatever, the baby, would live. I don't see why not. There might be some complications. Vigorous hair growth, perhaps a propensity towards skipping. Nothing permanent. Shouldn't affect her singing voice, anyway. The witch looked at him sideways as she rubbed a toe in the dirt. And my wife? What on earth will we tell her? Doesn't she have some other ambition? Well, she'll head the royal kitchens as soon as they taste her leg of mutton. Well, 
I'll give you a memory potion, and you can forget this ever happened. Everyone gets what they want. The rabbit coughed, coming out of the sleeping spell. She's probably right, you know. Ulrich held out his hand to the witch. The child should have the chance to be human. You have a deal. After the witch had gone, Ulrich tucked the listless rabbit into the crook of his left arm and studied the bottle in his free hand. A drop of potion might come in handy some day when he forgot to wipe his boots or left his black breeches in the white basket. But he couldn't, wouldn't, use it to forget this. He slipped the potion inside the pocket of his vest. Magda reacted to the true reason for Ulrich's vegetarianism better than he had hoped. She hurled a moderate amount of kitchen crockery at him and the zombunny and moved their bedding to the cart outside. But after a few days, she relented, calling them in for spinach buns and tea. Would it really be so bad if she stayed a zombunny? asked Magda. You could make me one, and we could travel the world selling salad spinners. Aye, said the zombunny. But what if she wanted a family of her own? How many zombunnies are we making here? Ulrich reached out and took her hand. Would you really have her not ever taste your famous mutton? He'd been joking, of course, trying to use one of those silly metaphors the zombunny was always waxing poetic about. But Magda's face went serious. Sorry, he started. Shh, I'm thinking. She continued to think for some time. Finally, her eyes brightened. I have an idea. It won't make us miss her any less. But we can stay involved from afar. Magda and Ulrich and the Zombunny enjoyed the short time they had with the baby before she was weaned. On the day they were to deliver her to the witch, Magda loaded the wagon with small jars of preserved vegetables and a basket of spinach buns. The Zombunny stayed behind to console her. Ulrich arrived at the tall tower in the woods where the witch was waiting. Goodbye, Rapunzel, called Ulrich as the witch flew toward the tower window. He hoisted the gifts up to them on a pulley rope. "'You'll have kept us in vegetables for years, farmer,' she said from the window. "'You wouldn't mind if we sent these spinach buns occasionally, would you?' He ran the basket up the line. "'I'm not sure if that's such a good idea,' she said, taking a bite of one. "'Oh, on second thought. Uh, but send them by messenger. I don't want you getting any ideas. As the palace chef, Magda had climbed the king's culinary ranks with her ability to pair legendary vegetable creations with her delicious braised mutton. She was chosen over fat Pierre with his oily duck recipes and thin Luke who'd cooked without salt. The palace guests grew happier and healthier, and Ulrich's town market became the premier produce destination for hundreds of miles. Early each Monday, before she left for the palace kitchens, Magda sent spinach buns to the witch's tower in the woods. So, after fifteen years of sending spinach buns without interruption, Magda was surprised when the delivery boy returned with the basket still full. "'What's this?' "'Nobody's home, Mum,' he said. "'I rang twice, just like the postman.' "'Huh,' she said, wondering if she should box his ears. She put the basket over her arm and set off for the palace.' Later that afternoon, Ulrich delivered an enormous order to the palace for the prince's wedding. 
Magda quietly told him of the empty tower, and they agreed to investigate that evening. Ulrich and the Zombunny rested for a spell at the long kitchen table, sipping tea and exchanging gossip with the servants. The scullery maid was telling them rumors about a nudist emperor when she and the rest of the staff shot up, rattling the teacups in their saucers. Ulrich followed suit. "'Your Highness,' said Magda. Prince Albert strode into the kitchen, crown a-tilt, holding the arm of a young woman. "'Oh, my darling,' the young woman sang. "'Are these the kitchens? How wonderful!' The young woman spun her full skirts, and Ulric dove for the teacups. "'Everyone,' said Prince Albert, looking sheepish, "'this is my bride, Rapunzel. She likes to sing.' Ulric, Magda, and the Zombunny exchanged glances. Magda stuttered. "'That's a beautiful name, that is.' "'A bunny!' Rapunzel trilled. She scratched the Zombunny between his ears until his back leg began to thump. "'What a handsome chap you are!' "'I want to check your eyes, miss,' Ulrich chuckled under his breath. "'Hey!' said the Zombunny. Her laugh was like chimes. "'I have perfect vision and hearing, because I eat so many vegetables.' She took a sharp breath as her eyes fell on the basket in the middle of the table. "'These spinach buns look exactly like the ones Auntie Witch fed me every Monday. I was afraid I'd never see one again. May I?' Magda nodded, dabbing her eye with a hanky. "'Anything you want. Anything at all.' The kitchen door burst open with a shot of flame. "'Witch!' cried the Zombunny, leaping into Ulrich's arms. "'You three again,' said the witch, disgusted. "'Honor itch!' cried Rapunzel, mouth still full of spinach bun. "'Why are here?' "'You think you can just throw away your singing career? "'How am I supposed to get to the Royal Opera now?' "'I'm marrying Albert, and I'm going to have a tiara and be a queen.' "'Not if I can help it.' "'The witch cracked her knuckles. "'You've tried imprisonment before and failed,' said Prince Albert, "'stepping in front of his bride, sword-drawn. "'Quit that,' said Rapunzel, shouldering in front of him. "'Violence doesn't solve anything.' "'Right,' said the Zombunny. "'Why don't we all catch up first over a nice cup of tea? "'You must be exhausted from all of your stomping and spark-shooting.' "'Now that you mention it,' the witch sat heavily. "'How do you know these people, Auntie?' asked Rapunzel. "'These ridiculous people are your parents, and they're rabbit.' "'I thought they lived in Timbuktu.' "'Don't be stupid.' "'Parents never go very far. Haven't you read any books?' The witch sighed. "'I suppose they're to blame for all this.' "'Only indirectly,' said Rapunzel. "'Once the prince stumbled upon our tower, he paid the spinach-bun boy to beg off every week, so he could have an excuse to visit me.' "'I knew I should have boxed his ears,' said Magda. "'I suppose as gift horses go,' said the witch. "'You could have done worse than a prince. "'Still, I can't let you stay here.' "'All right,' said Ulric, "'setting a steaming mug in front of the witch. "'You can leave just as soon as you finish your cuppa. "'You can't refuse the prince's tea service.' "'The witch looked at the sulking prince and smirked. 
Here's to young love, she said, taking a long sip. Hmm, she said. This tastes like... It tastes like... What, what does it taste like? Memory potion, said the Zombunny, hopping in an elated circle. What was I saying? asked the witch. It was just on the tip of my tongue. Magda smiled. You were congratulating the bride and groom. Rapunzel whispered something in Prince Albert's ear, and he nodded. He said, To thank you for your kind blessing, we are about to ask if you'd serve as director of the Royal Opera. An honour beyond my wildest dreams. Just imagine, I'll be able to demand any opera I want. Unlimited protégés. And you can try on all the costumes, said Rapunzel. Oh, I guess I won't need this old thing any more. The witch snapped her wand over her knee. No! yelled Ulrich, covering his old wound. But oddly enough, the skin under his palm began to knit together. He looked at the Zombunny, admiring his newly fat and shiny tail. Must have been all the carrots, said the rabbit. Looky here, my ears stand up again. With the witch's spell lifted, old wounds healed, and the family reunited. They all lived happily ever after, with lifetime box seats at the opera. That was Into the Woods with Zombunny, as read by Rish Outfield. Rish is a writer, actor, and podcaster who can be heard as co-host of the Dunesteef Audio Fiction magazine, which presents genre stories with a full-sized cast. He also performs audiobooks for Audible and occasionally becomes a wolf, but only when the wolfsbane blooms and the moon is full and bright. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this or any of our stories, you can leave your comments on the Triple F website, our Facebook page, or on Twitter. We love hearing from our listeners, and we want to know your thoughts on our content. We would also appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes and any other podcatchers so that we can build our listenership and keep the stories flowing. My eternal thanks, as always, go to my editor, Gary Dowell, and our audio engineer, Mark Zanfardino. Their magic is all behind the scenes, but no less vital for that. Please remember that Farfetched Fables operates under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license, which means you can download the content and share it all you like, but you can't change it and you can't sell it. And please be sure to give credit where that credit is due. All other copyright remains that of the authors, and violators will be fed to undead rabbits. I'm off to go shopping. I have to buy a lot of grisly things for this weekend. I'll see you all next week. Bye now. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.